0: Hello everyone and welcome to Pucks on the Dasher, a hockey podcast. I am your host, Adam Glass, and with me this week, host of the Scene on Screen podcast, Mr. Sean Robinson.
1: Hey Adam, what's up? Happy Toretto Day!
0: Happy Yes, happy Toretto Day. Uh, Actually, that's kind of funny because on the most recent uh, trivia that I've been cheating on you with in Toronto, there was a question about what is the title of the newest Fast and Furious movie.
1: Isn't it just Fast 10?
0: It is fast X technically.
1: Um, yeah, man, they're they're missing the golden opportunity to do fast ten. year seatbelts.
0: Oh, geez, that be yeah, but they want to talk about going fast and stuff. Like, I don't think seatbelts are a big.
1: <laughs> where we're going, we don't need. Yeah, we
0: seat don't need belt. seatbelts through the windshield. That where we're going, we don't need seatbelts.
1: Man, that trailer is absolutely nuts.
0: <laughs> I so. That actually brings me to the first topic, which is I saw Ant-Man on Friday night. And because I saw Ant-Man, I was forced to watch trailers, which I don't like to do. I was also forced to watch a whole bunch of ads. Like, it felt like it was 15 minutes from when the movie started and we hadn't even got to trailers yet. But that's a whole other thing.
1: Right? I think, uh, so I saw Ant-Man on Thursday night. And I felt like there was four trailers. that was, Maybe five. There was two Marvel ones, right? Uh, no, Gar-
0: Guardians. Guardians. Yeah. I saw Guardians. I saw Fast X. And...
1: Oh, we saw Dungeons & Dragons. I didn't it see that. I've Guardians, seen that one before. Little Mermaid and something else. Oh, but yeah. It I wasn't saw Fast and the Furious. It was something yeah. else. But it was, like, something I wasn't overly interested in. So I just kind of, like... <laughs> zoned out.
0: Uh, how many more movies can disney make live action because i i was over it when it started and now i'm definitely over it
1: uh well, i don't know they're they're just gonna keep remaking their catalog until they can't
0: until they run out of like how many like if we see like i want a brave little toaster live action um that would be i would my or great mouse detective live action like With i want the obscure the rescuers be- down under uh, I had I had the obscure, probably cheaper Disney movies when I grew up. I didn't have, like, the pole. Like, I bet you I've seen Lion King or maybe Little Mermaid, like, two or three times my whole life. Oh, really? Oh, and I know some people that have seen it, like, a hundred times when they were ten.
1: I, I mean, I don't remember a lot of the movie. I know my other half is very, like, nostalgic for it.
0: Yeah, I have no early Disney nostalgia at all. Like, I basically don't have any Disney nostalgia. Like, Mickey Mouse or any of that stuff doesn't really do anything. For- I'd rather watch Looney T- old Looney Tunes if I had to make a pick.
1: Make a pick a pick indeed, that's for sure. Uh,
0: um,
1: so what did you think of Ant-Man?
0: Yeah, so my bar for Marvel movies now is basically the first bar is would I watch it again? The second bar is—is is it as good or better than Wakanda Forever? And Ant-Man hit that first bar, but not the second one.
1: Interesting. So I would definitely rewatch it. Phase Five has definitely been interesting. I or is this the beginning of Phase Six? Do
0: you remember? This is I. I think this is uh, Kevin Feige. How do I? How, how do I? Feige. Feige. Okay, that's that's way worse than the way I've been. As far as I'm concerned, but whatever. Feige um I think said this is the start of phase 6.
1: Okay. So if I were to look It says Ant-Man Quantumania is part of Oh, it's ph- phase 5. We just went through phase 4.
0: Oh, okay. So, so this, this is, is the, the start of 5. five. Okay. Now,
1: I would say that was that was a fairly solid start. I'm I'm not going to say it was good. Well, like I liked it, but like if I went through the the movies really quickly, um Phase 4 starts and ends with Spider-Man No Way Home for me. Um everything after that was pretty lackluster in my opinion. Like I do like Black Panther Wakanda Forever, but I also don't think I'm ever going to rush to to watch that one over and over and over again. It's a pretty sad movie in some I, some spots.
0: I literally watched it the day I found out it was on Disney Plus. I was like I have to see this again. But that's so I have, like, a hearing issue, and I've noticed that recently I've been having issues even going to the movies and hearing all the dialogue. So part of the reason I like watching them again is so I can actually hear all the dialogue.
1: <laughs> nice. And watch it with subtitles on.
0: Yeah, watch it with subtitles and my headphones on, and then I don't miss anything. So There were definitely any parts where they were talking quietly in uh, Wakanda Forever, I basically didn't, I couldn't understand what they were saying. Fair.
1: Okay, so uh, I'm going to do the same thing I, I'm going to do with David this week, even though I don't think he's watching the movie for like two weeks, so I'll wait. But you just got to give me a yes or no. This will be a little scene on screen on Pucks Off the Dasher. Or on that the Dasher. It. Okay? okay? So, is, is Ant-Man better or worse than Black Widow?
0: Mm, that's... I would say better, but not by a lot. I really like Florence Pooh as the White Widow yeah um so any she's in a bunch of that movie and i really like her character um but i would say i would probably watch ant-man again first
1: all right how about shang chi and the legend of the ten rings
0: 100 ant-man eternals i love eternals so eternals
1: really that movie sucked
0: eternal was is amazing it is the is most awful. underrated of all the Marvel movies.
1: No, it left significant plot holes that are going to be resolved in the Thunderbolts. That's a long time period. But anyways, Spider-Man No Way Home.
0: Uh, the best of the phase, probably.
1: Yeah. Uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness.
0: I would put that above Ant-Man. I really like that one, too.
1: Thor Love and Thunder?
0: Uh, the worst of the Thor movies.
1: So your top three then would be Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, and Eternals.
0: That makes sense.
1: My top well, three. Well, you
0: be... didn't say Wakanda. Well, I guess is Wakanda Forever the newest phase?
1: No, but you already you already gave me your opinion on Black Panthers, so I just took yeah. it based off the three or those three movies. Um I would say Spider Man, Shang Chi, and then Doctor Strange, and mainly for the tie-ins, but If I were to assess all of... Yeah, that would be phase four. Phase five has started off strong. I really like Ant-Man as a character. I always liked him in the comics. Um, Like Avengers Assembled. Very strong character. He's just always been a good, fun character. And the fact that they're doing it with like... (laughs) What? what, what?
0: I just... So you're a little younger than me. So like when I think about Ant-Man, I think about him beating the shit out of Yellow Jacket and being abusive. Yeah, that's that's what I think of when I think of A man but that's not Scott Lang. That was the Hank Pym Ant-Man. Yeah, is,
1: Scott Scott Lang really kind of took over the moniker like in the 2000s, right? Like early yeah, 2000s, late 90s. I don't stuff.
0: really know any of the Scott Lang stuff. That's more he's more of a movie character to me than a comic one.
1: He's also in like if you've ever watched the assembled cartoons, he's like a, a key member at some points in the cartoons.
0: Yeah, I don't watch any of the cartoons.
1: Well, you should. They're on Disney Plus. I, They're great.
0: Don't really like the car I don't really like cartoons.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, okay.
0: I just I don't know why I just can't. I there are very few cartoons that I can watch period anymore or get into in any way. I can't even remember the last time I would have watched like a newish animated thing. Period.
1: Wa- watch Invincible. Uh. It's the Robert Kirkman Amazon Prime one.
0: Oh, is it like superheroes, but they're like serious and like they kill people or something?
1: Uh, kind of, and it's like yeah. Super I don't like glory
0: that stuff. Shit. yeah, it's... no, no no. superhero, I want my superheroes to be very bubblegum. And like oh. when shit happens, I want it to be very rare. I don't like the boys style superhero. Where it's like,, they're so cool. Can you imagine if it was real? Like, I don't I'm not into that.
1: Yeah. Invincible is just a little bit different because it's like a society of superheroes that one of them gets turned on. and then it's it's just it's different. It's very different. But, um, okay. have you watched the last of us
0: uh no i will not watch that
1: because it's scary
0: i played the video game yeah and i thought it was not good
1: oh man, i don't
0: think i need to watch the the last of us if you take the story out of the last of us it is one of the worst playing video games that i've ever had critical acclaim for
1: i i'm shocked to hear this
0: plays awful plays awful. The only reason I finished it was because the story, which I was once again like, yeah, okay, for a video game story, I guess this is very good.
1: I was a big fan of the game.
0: It's and fine. And the show, I just, the show I don't is
1: know. remarkable. I just Pedro Pascal, chef's kiss.
0: He's really good. I like almost everything he's in, but I just don't, I don't do depressing. I'm just not interested in it. It's just, I feel like we're living the life that, like, it's just like Black Mirror. Like, I am in Black Mirror right now. I don't need to watch a show that like satirizes what is actually happening. Like okay, the fair. I just, I just don't want like the Walking Dead just burned me out on any potential for oh I want to be like affected emotionally by this show in a negative way or like cry the whole time or be scared like I just don't have an interest in that. That that might be the clinical depression with suicidal tendencies coming out at me, Sean. I just my my brain ten my brain lives in The Last of Us. I don't need it to be expressed through media.
1: That that is fair. All right. So, what are we doing today? What's going on?
0: Okay. So, I guess we do talk about hockey on a hockey podcast occasionally. Um, so as usual, we will start out with our, how our fantasy weeks went. And then since Sean is on the pod, as is per usual, we will go over recent trades that have happened since last time he was on in quote unquote, the big pool. And let's just say that there were some major ones.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What are we going to do after the trade deadline? Are we going to do a trade deadline day special?
0: Uh, I don't know. We'll figure it out once we get closer to it, I guess.
1: Yeah. And then we'll have to like talk about other stuff like free agency or the draft.
0: Yeah. We'll figure it out.
1: It'll be interesting next year if if um, things continue on because you won't have to have Tyler for the big pool because no. I'll just be, I'm in the pool.
0: <laughs> you are in the pool.
1: So it just makes life a little bit easier. You guys can do your pool and we can do our pool.
0: I, I've threatened multiple times with Tyler that I'm gonna get him in the big pool, but I don't know if he's interested or not.
1: I mean, there could be a spot opening up. You never know.
0: <laughs> you never know. It almost happened halfway through this season, so twice. Uh, Okay, so how my big pool week went. Uh, I managed to pull off a tie and stay in a playoff spot. Um, I basically pulled off the old Sunday uh, giant leap tie. I think I was backed by like almost 10 points and a bunch of other cats, and I passed and tied up a bunch of stuff. I also sat two points on Saturday, which given the fact that I tied in points is kind of frustrating. I lost by five shots too, which I feel like I should have been able to pick up somewhere, but uh, I'll take a 4-4 tie Um, over a guy who basically traded one good player to get half his keepers, um, but we'll get into that when we traded. How did your big pool week go?
1: Um, You know what? I was up 7-2 at one point, and then I realized I didn't have goalies, and I should have just not scoured the waiver wire and taken the hit, because I ended up losing to the 17th place team, which is fine, but I'm like... I'm now in this purgatory of just being 14th mm. and like, I ha I can't get lower or higher and it's not really helping my, my draft odds. So I've got like some decisions to make about my roster, but like the cats I lost, I lost by like one or two. Like I didn't lose by lots. I lost uh assist by three tied for points. Um, plus minus was like seven shots on goal. I lost by six. And I had some bench players as well in there, but didn't help when Toronto's tandem um, <laughs> kind of went down and the guy who owns Joseph Wall won't trade him.
0: Yeah. And like that's not exactly a guy that's, I don't, I don't see any, unless you need him to get you starts, then I don't see any value in that pool of Joseph Wall. Like I don't know why. I, if I had him on my team, I would have traded him to you for like a pick upgrade. Like it would be like, okay, here you go. Like that's I
1: what I tried to do. I tried to, tried to offer up a pick. Just no budge. That's okay
0: though. Teaches them. Uh, yeah, that's weird. Um, okay, so I will continue through my fantasy weeks then. Um, just and so then we can circle back for the trades uh, and our. What about landers. our
1: performers? I picked. Yeah, one. we'll get
0: there. I just gonna go through my weeks first. Uh, so over in the points pool, I lost to the team that is behind me in the standings. I am in fifth and sixth place. Still gets into the playoffs. So the guy that I lost to is now in sixth. So we are tied in record. Uh, but I have quite an edge in total points. Uh, so I am still only one game up on being in ninth place right now um, of 10. So I still, as of I talked about all season in the points pool, I'm basically just riding it out to see where I end up. I feel like I'm probably going to end up either sixth or seventh. Um, and depending on how you, so we have to win first overall in this pool. Um, so I think I would probably rather finish seventh than sixth, but since I have to win out to win constellation, I'm also not looking to tank. So it's just, yeah, it's just a weird, just see what happens a uh, year in that pool, which is very unusual for me. Usually I try to pick a side and go for it, but Fair. in a Bedard year, you can't really blow trying to get that first overall pick. So if if you're going to miss the playoffs, you got to kind of miss it, miss it winning almost, which is tough. <laughs>
1: Fair enough.
0: Uh, And then over in the auction, I lost to the first place team, which then bumped me out of a playoff spot. Uh, But basically, I think, let's see here, it's super tight in this pool. Um, As far as total points go, I am at 171 in 10th place, and 6th place is at 176. So... There's, I think this once again is going to come down to probably the last week of the season to see who makes playoffs. And if you were a listener last year, you would know that I missed the playoffs by a single standings point last year. And I've still never made the playoffs in the auction pool. And this is year three. Um, So that is tough. So I'm kind of hoping I can sneak in and then maybe go on a run, but we'll see.
1: Sounds like you need to be relegated.
0: I, so this, this. First year I screwed up my draft. I spent way too much too early and got screwed over and didn't have any depth. The second year I did the opposite where I spent like no money and and didn't get enough players and then this year I actually thought I had a really good draft, but if I look back at who I drafted, I just some guys just didn't hit the way I thought they would. Um and once again I got kind of screwed over by Bob being just all over the place this year. Like I've basically been running my three goalies are in this pool because I drafted Cal Peterson and clearly that didn't work out. Um, I've been running Bob, Copley, and Vegmelko for like months now. And it, I mean, I'm winning more than I'm losing, which is, v- I don't know if that says anything.
1: But... Veg is just like the funniest situation right now.
0: Uh, he is...
1: Just watching Arizona makes me laugh and cry at the same time.
0: They're my stealth team next year for having high value in fantasy. I, I think their offense is not going to be great, but it's going to be average to above average. And I think there's going to be a few guys on that team next year that are going to, like, have career years that you're never going to see coming.
1: Like Clayton Keller?
0: Like, maybe Clayton Keller, though he's already had a career not that recently. Like, sh- if if Nick Schmaltz could ever actually stay healthy for an entire season, like, he's probably putting up 60 to 70 points.
1: Perhaps, so. yeah
0: which is which is pretty decent. Barrett Hayden is actually taken over there as the first-line center, and while he's not completely crushing it points-wise, he is playing over 20 minutes a night and putting up points here and there and peripherals. So if he can keep that up till next year, I mean, if he can be, if you can be, especially in the big pool, if you're a guy that breaks, like, 150 shots and 100 hits and puts up, like, 20 to 30 points, that actually makes you relevant.
1: So uh, how do you think Matthew Nyes fits into that? <laughs>
0: Uh, okay, that's like NHL trade stuff. Don't you want to go into the fantasy trade stuff before we? I jump do, into but that you, hole?
1: you brought up Arizona, so I, I took the lowest hanging fruit possible and I grabbed it.
0: So, if you want my my perspective on the least potentially trading for, uh, let's say, a Jacob Chikrin, um, to me in my head, it's probably a pick one of Nimala or Nyes and Sandine. And I think that's the offer. That's probably like your best offer for him.
1: Yeah, I, I I'd agree. We can do that after though, because I, I wanna I wanna definitely get into the Toronto's blue line, um, uh, super duper star, poo poop performer. Yep.
0: Yeah. So my poo poo performer for this week is uh, from the points pool, Mister Tyler Sagan, who was a minus four with no points this week, which oh, is good just, for him, which is not. Not helpful in a 10-team league where, like, if you're not at least putting up a few points every week, you're almost useless in that pool.
1: Um, my poop poop was uh, a zeros across the board with six shots on goal. Basically a glorified pylon from the same team, Niels Lundqvist.
0: I don't... I mean, in big pool, I get it, but I don't see why you have him on your team.
1: Uh, I thought... For what he was dealt for in the real world dallas was thinking he would replace some intangibles that they lost with Klingbird. or maybe put him on pp2 and it just hasn't worked out and he's just holding a spot on my roster right now it's not like i'm trying to win that's fairly obvious i can't get out of 14th, so
0: Yeah, and I mean, you're probably not going to keep him, so, I mean, he's just, he's helping fill a roster spot, which a a lot of guys in your position in that pool don't feel the need to do, so. (laughs)
1: Um,
0: That's what I mean when we, okay, we're not going to get into the weeds of this, but there was a big controversy in the big pool last week or whatever about a guy playing short, short players on a roster, and then some guy having basically IR players on their active roster because the rest of their IR was full and how we should deal with that when your team's tanking and like blah, blah, blah. Like the year that Matthews was available and I basically tanked that year, I just put shitty players on my team. Like, what are you holding on? You don't need to hold, like, you don't need to make it that blame. Just grab like some bottom six guys that hit every once in a while and throw them on your team be like, this is just, he goes minus five with two shots and five hits every week. Yay. Like, it's pretty easy to find those guys.
1: And for, for the record, I don't have any problem with that strategy. Because, like, there's going to be the odd time where you have your full IR filled. Maybe it's three, and then you have two prospects. And then all of a sudden, you got, like, two players get hurt. Yeah, like, the, I guess common sense would say move it around and, and, like, take your NAs and put them on your bench and put your IRs on your IR. But, like, who cares? It's, it's such a dumb argument. I can't believe we're actually having it.
0: I think it's only relevant in this year because Bedard is potentially available. I feel like any other year, nobody would really care.
1: Okay, but Um, take this into consideration. We are in week eight. We just finished week 18 and the trade deadline's in three weeks. Yeah. (laughs) If you didn't catch it until now, whatever. Whatever.
0: I, as somebody currently fighting for a playoff spot and I'm only playing playoff teams for the rest of the, my schedule, except for, I think this week, like it does kind of suck for me (laughs) to know that other playoff teams might be playing teams that aren't even rostering full rosters. Like that's kind of unfortunate, but it is what it is. Whatever. Yeah. You can't overcorrect now. All all that's going to happen is that some point like Bob is doing right now that somebody's going to flex that rule to the absolute breaking point and ruin it for everybody. He, like he has carry price on his active roster right now. Like that's not really in the spirit of the league.
1: <laughs> that That's fair. I mean, good for him though. He finally got price.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess that's true.
1: Uh, my, my super duper star uh, from the Arizona, from your Arizona co- coyotes, Clayton Keller, two goals, three assists, five points, plus three, one power play point and 12 shots on goal.
0: That's Just an all r- week. Uh, so my super duper star, I didn't technically win any of my weeks, so I usually pick from the winner, but I did tie one. So I'll grab somebody from there. And that is Mr. Alex DeBrinkat, who had two goals, four points. Uh, he was a plus three, a power play point, 10 shots and six hits. Yeah. Are you going to trade him to me yet or what? I am not trading him. He is at his lowest possible value right now. That is silly. He's also my second youngest keeper. Like if I trade him, I just got a bunch of olds and Matthews. I'm not doing that. Or you could
1: trade me Matthews. I have four firsts.
0: The only way I would have traded Matthews is in uh, for a player that was recently traded in our pool. Um, And I don't think that's happening again, as I've already talked to that team about potentially making that deal happen. So
1: yeah. Okay. So do you, do you want to get into this? Do you want to.
0: Okay. He it up. So the big pool had a whole, I'm going to call it a piss ton of trades. Um, that has happened since Sean was last on. All star uh,
1: break. More yeah. like no break for anybody. Uh,
0: so we'll start with the first deal here. Uh, that was Seth Jarvis, Alex Romanoff, a second and a fifth. Uh, and in return, the, they got Ekman Larson, a first and a tenth. Um,
1: I mean, but- I actually really like this deal. I like the fact that you turn, or um, Phantoms turned a first and a tenth. I'm reading that right, yeah.
0: Yeah, they got a first and a tenth, and basically a waiver fodder player in OEL.
1: Yeah, for Seth Jarvis a two and a five. So they they downgraded one round and downgraded five rounds. So that's a that's a great value trade. Alexander Romanov blows.
0: <laughs> like, uh, so he does. He's not great, but in this pool he he puts up amazing peripherals. So, if you're just looking for, like, your fourth or fifth D-man that's going to get you shots and hits every game, kind of, he's good for that. But he does, like, the Isles have been kind of whore-awful since uh, Bo Horvat got there. And now with Barzal going down, that probably doesn't help either. So, he's putting up Dash City, which, I mean, if you want a depth defenseman that's putting up peripherals, if he's also putting up minuses every week, then it might not be helping you as much as you think.
1: Remove the players, and he did a one-round and a five-round upgrade. That's good.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I like Seth Jarvis's long-term upside. However, any player on Carolina, I feel like their total points is already capped based on how Rod Brindamore likes to kind of spread things out and coach.
1: Yeah, and there's also way too many people on the dance floor.
0: Yeah, and if they trade for somebody, which they're probably going to, it's more than likely going to be a top six forward, which I would assume would would bump Jarvis even further down. Like, he only has 27 points this year. So, I mean, I... Trading a first for a long-term keeper, I guess, but I just, there's so many, like, Pacioretty could be back next year at full health, like, Seth Jarvis's spot in that lineup isn't exactly locked in, so I think pulling a first for him right now is actually really good value. Correct
1: me if I'm wrong, but isn't Pacioretty's contract done this year, and it was like, that's why Carolina only took it for one year?
0: I don't know off the top of my head, but we Next. have the technology to look that up. Yeah,
1: he's he's done at the end of this season.
0: Oh, snap. So he's a free agent. Well, they might be able to sign him and bring him back for nothing. Like, if he's healthy, he's going to sign one of those, like, one-year low-money, like, $3 million show-me deals, and some team's going to absolutely, like, get insane value out of that.
1: Wow. Carolina is the sleeper of all sleepers for this trade deadline.
0: Oh, they have cap space out the asshole.
1: Twelve million dollars.
0: Only Vegas probably could compete with them cap space wise well, Smart because Mark Stone's out.
1: It's Patriccetti, Gardner, and Kasha all on the IR. Yeah. Mind they,
0: the The Teemo Meyer sweepstakes are going to be kind of crazy. I think, and he's going to get a haul of it, especially being an RFA after like. Carolina or New Jersey both of them Could re-sign him and it wouldn't be Terrible for either team to do that
1: No not at all
0: Though it would be it would be weird for New Jersey to trade For somebody sign him to an 8 year deal or whatever And he makes more than Jack Hughes
1: <laughs> It'll but. be interesting because I think Whoever deals for Meyer will flip him at, at the draft I don't think there's a guaranteed extension In any trade
0: Yeah yeah True. Like
1: If I were this guy I'd want to go to free agency
0: Meyer can't go to free agencies in RFA.
1: He can if he does. Oh, maybe. Yeah.
0: They'd have to walk away from the qualifying offer to be Uf- for him to be UFA, and that would be silly. They're better off trading his rights at the deadline. Or Isn't at the- that the yeah.
1: scenario, though, if nobody's willing to pony up 10 mil for one year?
0: So to qualify him, you have to give him one year at 10. If you walk away from that, he becomes a free agent, but you still can trade his rights um, before July 1st, if you want, to another team.
1: Yeah, so the Ilya Samsonov thing. There is a possibility where nobody wants to sign a one-year QO, and he gets to become a free agent and gets to do whatever he wants.
0: I would be shocked if that happens, but that would be pretty fun, at least for July 1st.
1: Yeah, it would make things super-duper easy.
0: So If he's a free agent, I wonder if he got more than 10.
1: I don't think so. Nobody's I don't to think so either. Like, I, I think he's like an 8.5 or an 8 by 8 or
0: I could see him getting, like, eight by nine. Like, I see him as a better player than Bullhorn, that.
1: And uh, the Islanders think he's God, so.
0: Yeah, so we'll see there. Okay, next up, uh, we have uh, Philip Tomasino in a second and a third being traded. And in return, they got Rasmus Anderson, who recently got hit by a car, Elias Lindholm in a seventh and an eighth. Uh, Lindholm, this This exact deal I was in on Uh, but I wasn't willing to go that high because I didn't want to stack two Calgary players because their offense is terrible. Fair. Uh, But I would have liked to have picked up Lindholm. I probably would have ended up keeping him, but I didn't want Anderson, so I just kind of got snaked in this one. Uh, But that still leaves me with a bunch of picks that I could... I'm really hoping that some team that expected to make the playoffs falls out and I can snag a player with my first that I didn't think would be available.
1: That... uh my my mindset's very similar except I know I'm not going to make the playoffs but I'm waiting to see if I can turn one of my magic beans into a uh, a keeper for next year cuz I have four first
0: right now I believe Yeah I if I'm you I'm dealing at least one of those if I can
1: That that's the uh, the initial plan if not we'll we'll kind of see what what's going on Um Excuse me, Rasmus Anderson and Elias Lindholm have been peddled around the league pretty much all year. I'm I'm glad to see them finally get dealt. But Lindholm was a great get for a lot of people. The problem in this league is some of the people that these players were being offered to have too many natural centers.
0: Yeah. So,
1: it's like it's tough like do I see Lindholm being better than my 3 Cs? No, maybe, yes. I don't know, it just depends on how I I value McTavish. Do I make, like do I have him on the wing? If not, then great, but I'm sitting with Barkov and Dubois, so I'm happy.
0: Like I I have Matthews and then I guess Jenner, but those are my only, well, and Barrett Hayden, but he was like a waiver ad, so I don't know if I'll count him. But that I I didn't even keep Jenner, I drafted him, so as far as keepers go, my only true center is Matthews. That's why I was kind of hoping that I could get some value out of somebody wanting to move a straight C and nobody else really having room, but it hasn't really worked out yet.
1: I offered you Kadri numerous times.
0: You yeah. Didn't I didn't know. want to pay what Kadri ended up going for either. So
1: that's fair. Um, all right. So are we doing winners and losers for trades? I forget.
0: Uh, I don't know. Let's do it just for fun. So
1: phantoms win the last one for sure. Uh, and
0: yeah, I- you can pull a first for Seth Jarvis. I think that's pretty good value right now.
1: I, I, I look at it as he got a first for a second and a yeah, five for a ten. Yeah, yeah. He wins. Uh, or a ten for a five. Uh, second deal, ooh, the, the draft capital is a little high. Laws made out like a bandit there. Will he keep Tomasino? Probably, just because the rest of his team is in shambles. I, I'd give a slight edge for the value to Laws.
0: I think a second for Lindholm is fine. I think if you're putting Tomasino in there with Lindholm, that's yeah. But a third for Anderson is way too much.
1: Yeah. So we'll we'll go Laws.
0: Uh, so um, yeah, that's Law's winner.
1: One of the most interesting deals that I've seen in a while in our pool. Charlie Coyle, Jesper Fast, Ryan O'Reilly, a third and a fourth for Thomas Hurdle, Andre Barakovsky, a seventh and an eighth. Now Ryan Ryan O'Reilly at this point was still a blue, so keep that uh, in mind.
0: Yes, he was I, still. I, a... Go ahead.
1: Oh, well, I was gonna say I think like I appreciate what the Warriors accomplished here because I know they were trying to unload Hurdle and Barakowski at the same time. Um, what's interesting is both players are out <laughs> <laughs> uh, on the Monsters now, but. I know Warriors really wanted better value for Hurdle, and I don't think he got what he wanted. Um, he did get a lot of pieces, and he's already moved away from one of the pieces. So he's already turned Hurdle into essentially a three and two fours.
0: But- I, I kicked the tires on Hurdle at one point in the season, and he was asking a first, and I kind of laughed and said, Well, you're not getting that, and I'm not giving that. So he ended up getting a three four. Burekowski went to this particular um, GM because he is a big Avalanche fan. So I feel like he would be way more willing to see value in a guy who barely has played this year and now is hurt again. Um, I don't see any value in getting Burekowski in this deal. Giving up a third, let's say a third, fourth, coil fast, and O'Reilly for Hurdle is way too much.
1: Yeah. Good, uh, good. Good asset management by the Warriors.
0: Yeah, that's a good pull by Kurt, who is a pretty shrewd fantasy manager, so I'm not surprised he... Like, not getting a first for Hurdle, I don't think, is the end of the world, um, especially where he is in the standings and where the first he would have got would have been, but I think, overall, that's a really good pull for Hurdle and Burakovsky, especially since he was able to flip O'Reilly right away. I highly doubt he's going to be able to flip Coiler fast, but... At least he has guys on his roster that are playing.
1: <laughs> Let's be real, though. O'Reilly was a very circumstantial trade. And the guy who took the bait, like I was in on O'Reilly, yeah. and I wasn't willing to, to pay that price.
0: So. I was asked about him, and I was like, I have Matthews. I don't know why I would have any interest in Ryan O'Reilly.
1: Um, I will say this one's a clear-cut outright winner in Warriors.
0: Uh, Good job, yeah. Warriors. I think that's a good pull. I think even though you didn't get your first, I think getting a three, four and then getting another player that you could then flip. So you got basically a three, four, four. I think that's fine for two guys that you're more than likely weren't keeping and like hurdles, ultimate upside, even though he is relatively young, like he's stuck in San Jose for a while. Cause he signed that contract. So his value there isn't maybe great. And now he's hurt, but it looks like it's just personal reasons right now. So he'll probably be back soon.
1: And aside from like, I don't know, Scoring four goals and Joe Thornton asking him to whip at his dick. What is really going on there? Oh, I only have three first.
0: He's just a he's just a guy. Like he's yeah. a player. He's like a useful fantasy player, but he's not you're not gonna build a team around him. He's not gonna be like your second best player or anything like that. Like he's like a 50, 60 point guy.
1: San, San Jose has to figure out what they are too, and they've gotta they've gotta move on from some players, ASap. okay. so this, trade still hurts my brain <laughs> and like alright so we have Jasper Wallstad, a first a second a third a fourth a fourth and a fourth going to the winged wheel for Matty Beniers a sixth a seventh an eighth a ninth a ninth and a tenth
0: so Matty Beniers is fine but he is not a guy that you trade half your team for like he
1: no half tra- your future for holy shit
0: man like, I, Bob Hayes... Okay, historically, Phantoms, also known as Bob, um, has never kept picks. Like, he's historically always traded all of his picks and just picked whatever he could in the last round of the draft and then went that way. That's always the way he's played this league. That's always the way it's happened. And the problem is, every year he has really good keepers and then shitty the rest of his roster and he never can win because of it. Um. So, per, to me personally, if I am Bob... I am setting my ten keepers, saying these are my guys for the next three or four years, and then after this season, I am stopping trading all my picks. But the problem is he never—he's never available for the draft, so I don't—I don't know. I feel like he's fucked either way. Um, but I, I mean, I mean,
1: he's—he should take nine players and a goalie. He shouldn't keep two goalies.
0: Well, yeah, I guess we'll see what happens. I would really laugh my ass off if he ended up keeping Carey Price, but so. so-
1: he was telling me, or um, Winged Wheel Dawson, I mean, for the guys who listen to this show who aren't in the pool, we'll just call him wheeled. He was telling me after another trade he completed that he now has two of the best young goaltenders in the National Hockey League. And I don't know if Walstead was the person he was referring to, Based on the fact that he's also sitting on Connor Ingram, who had shine, uh, like, um, he did look brilliant in the playoffs last year, and then he got waived.
0: So he has Asgaroff and Wallstad now. Those are arguably the two quote unquote best goalies outside of the NHL currently. Um, but once again, like, Minnesota, they now have Philip Gustafson, who's obviously playing out of his mind this year. So you have that factor. Um, they may. Or who knows what's happening with MAF? Like, if they bring him back for another. Se- like Wallstead, to me, is still two or three years away before he is truly fantasy relevant. Uh, and if Philip Gustason is actually good, then it might be. Excuse me. It might be three to five years before he's fantasy relevant, which to me is completely useless in this pool. But
1: that's so risky to keep.
0: Yeah, and Askarov. Like I. Who knows? Like honestly, he's he's. They're both being real. Like they're both. Really good in the AHL right now. They're both highly talked about, but I, to me, you buy these guys when they're already backups, not when they're playing in the minors. Especially when you're paying like he's he paid for these guys like they were like what he gave up. Oh, I know he didn't Wallstead, pay
1: for he didn't pay to get Wallstead. Wallstead I, was like thrown in.
0: I guess, but I feel like knowing Dawson that he would have said that you have to include him in the deal.
1: Maybe, like. <clears throat> no stretch to my imagination like if we're looking at um the the immediate return value phantoms wins 100 percent because he's got the actual player if we're talking about the team that is going to do the most damage with that kind of currency winged wheel which we're going to see in like five trades what he did with some of that currency
0: it was useful for him to get that currency, but this trade combined with the trade he ended up doing are like they don't go together. They're nope. they they're kind of the opposite of something like so you well we'll get there. But having those two goalies to me is completely irrelevant for the player that he then traded for. Agreed. They don't go together. Their timelines don't fit. The guy's going to be borderline thirty by the time that those goalies are even relevant for you. So you're just going to, what, keep two, like, minor league goalies while you, like, yeah, that's, I don't know, whatever. You do you, I guess, but it's so a... It's who's a, your
1: winner on that one? I
0: I think... I think Bob's got to win that one just based on the fact that he... Uh, I don't know. I, I can see what he's doing, at least. Whereas with Dawson, I am more confused about kind of what this trade means for the next one he made. Like I get getting the draft capital so you can, I guess, hypothetically make a trade that I didn't think anybody would be able to make, but
1: Yeah.
0: I just um, I don't know. Like I at one point I almost went and kicked the tires on Wallstead. Um but then I thought like why would I even bother? I have Sorokin and Freddie Anderson. Like even if Anderson's a free agent next year, wherever he's go, he's not going to go to a shitty team. You know what I mean? Like he's just not that. I feel like him as a goalie is not going to want to play anywhere yeah bad so i i would rather i would rather have two starters than a starter and a guy who might be good in three years
1: i'd agree um okay so i'll give that one short-term phantoms a slight winner like 50 yeah it's
0: this it's the slightest like i don't i don't know maddie benears is like he's good but he's i don't see him like ever breaking 100 points or something like that
1: yeah uh, on to the next trade, which lined up another trade, weirdly enough. Uh, Anton Lundell in a six going to the Intimidators. Four, Anze Kemp, uh, Kopitar in a seventh.
0: So Kopitar was another guy I was in on. Um, obviously, he was a straight center. He kept asking me for like a second or a third. And I kept saying the best I would give you is a fifth. And then he ended up trading him for a sixth.
1: So. Yeah, this was this was the market started shrinking. And he unfortunately got what he got.
0: So I basically lost out on this deal because I didn't have an Anton Lindell to offer him, who he apparently sees some value in for some reason.
1: Um, I would I, say, I don't even know who really won this. Like, do you win on the pick upgrade or the better player?
0: To me, I 100% think that the Lions won this pulling an actual player for a hypothetical and a, and a one-round like pick loss. Like, that's nothing. Like yeah, he basically yeah. gave up, he be like Lundell's not helping him this year and he probably wasn't going to keep him. So to pull Kopitar who potentially he might keep, I don't know what his roster looks like, but at the very least he's going to be fantasy relevant for the rest of the season over Anton Lundell, even though Lundell. So apparently whenever if roar trades away a center, he's immediately going to get wing eligibility. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think mean, getting Lundell now when he has center wing eligibility is fine. But like, if you look at, just look at his game logs here. Like, he's playing, like, probably third line uh, and just putting up the occasional assist here and there, basically, with a bunch of dashies in there. So he's... I don't know. He's not... The Panthers, to me, are, like, one of the most overrated fantasy teams this year because of what fucking Paul Maurice said to them.
1: Yeah, like, he, if,
0: if, Brunette, if Brunette is still there, the Panthers are in a playoff spot, I bet.
1: Um... I would also say if Uyghur and Huberto were there, they'd be in a playoff
0: spot. Well, Kachuk's, like, going to break 100 points this year. Like, given what Calgary's been like, I think Florida's benefited way more from that trade. The Calgary, apparently the Calgary Flans already won Uyghur out of there. Like, they hate him. And I'm like, please fucking send him to Toronto. Please. That, that would be perfect. Dear Lord, please send him over. Who do you want? You want a guy that, pun- like, I'll send you O'Reilly back. I don't care. Let's go.
1: <laughs> that hasn't happened yet.
0: <laughs> uh, oh man, if Calgary moves on from Weegar, that would be unreal if the Leafs. But it would out. have to
1: be at the deadline. That would be the only way Toronto would do it. Yeah. You got to go you got to go all in now. Um I, I would say Lions, uh next up I sent a th- uh an 8 and 9 in Kadri to the or to Gassy Fatty for a 3 and a 5. I just I wanted to pick up grade because I wanted some flexibility and I wanted to get a natural center out. Um Going into the deadline, I know some things are going to become available, and people are starting to want people who are scoring. So I made that move because I thought I was in on another move, and my other move didn't work out. So I, I missed out on the roster spot, but I cleared out Connery before his value dropped more.
0: He's So he's playing like 16 to 17 minutes a night. He's putting up four to five to six shots a night generally, which is good but he's going dash city. He has one power play point last month and like four points. So yeah. I just, for a straight setter for like, he's probably going to not even break 60 points this year, which given the fact that he had like what, almost a hundred last year, um, it is quite, it's quite the downgrade. If they don't move on from Brent Sutter in this off season, then I, I don't even know what to do with Calgary players next year. Like, their value's fucked as far as I'm yeah.
1: concerned. Sitting on Calgary players right now has been bad. So
0: if I knew that Brent Sutter was on the last year of his deal, this would be when I would be buying. Like I would be trying to get Huberto in so many pools right now if I knew Sutter was gone after the season.
1: <laughs> Fair. So yeah, that that was uh I like I'm biased, but I think I won just because of the capital. I want to draft early and often.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean it. I, so this pool specifically, I obviously traded a bunch of capital last year and ended up making the final. Um, You were the benefit of some of that. And I wanted to see how that would work out for me in draft. And at the draft, I was able to pull Kevin Hayes in the last round, um, who might end up leading. Though he's been garbage, like Torts obviously hates him. So that's not helping me right now. But like he might end up leading, like he already has 47 points and 158 shots on goal. That's for a 10th round player. Like, I think there's lots of value in this draft, technically. I actually think we're kind of overvaluing a lot of early picks in this draft because I personally don't see a lot of GMs that draft the same way I do.
1: Yeah, I've, le- I've learned a lot about how, like, this is my third year now in this pool, or fourth, and I'm just now understanding kind of how to draft. Um, now to the head-scratcher of all head-scratcher deals. Um, we have, it was vetoed by the Veto Villains. <laughs> and then accepted But um Lions and Intimidators Made another trade a few days later And maybe it was part of the Original trade of Kopitar and Lindell But this Makes no sense We have Jack Campbell for Matthew Barzell uh,
0: So I've been Kicking tires on Barzell for Probably two or three years now With this guy and he constantly wanted Like an insane fucking package For him the whole time the fact that he traded him straight up for a goalie that everybody knew was going to be garbage as soon as he traded for him. And guess what? Like, let's look at, so this trade happened on February 9th. So the starts that he's got from Campbell since then is a win with three goals allowed in a 897, which is not great. Uh, three straight losses with minimum four goals allowed since then. Yeah. He's not a good goalie. He's not a good goalie. He had one amazing run for an insanely good Toronto team like people don't give enough credit to how good defensively the Leafs were last year when he was there and he was still garbage. You also gave up Barzal who now has wing eligibility. Now Barzal's out for the season. So I mean, if, well, maybe not the season, but out indefinitely. So who knows what's that's going to call. So he probably would have ended up dealing him anyways, because it feels like he's kind of all in or nothing on this season. But to, to put like, how do you not, and this goes to the next trade that we're going to talk about. To me, personally, if you are trading certain players and not offering them around the league first to see what you can pull from somebody, that is just such bad management. That is such awful, awful management. Unless you specifically have targeted a player and I'm like, I just want this guy. That's fine. Like, put your chips on the table then. But there's no possible way that you couldn't have pulled a better goalie from Matthew out Like, you probably could have got Vejmelka. You probably could have traded Barzell and Hart and got Vejmelkin a first or something from Dawson. Um, and that would have been way better. Like, he already had Soros and Hart. Why the fuck are you trading for another goalie? Especially a bad one.
1: I uh, I tried to get in on Carter, uh, Carter Hart a few times.
0: Like, to me, you do trade. Like, if you are thinking about trading him, you try to get value for Carter Hart. And then you just run the Nashville tandem. Like, you try to get whatever—who's their in or whatever, whoever their backup is right now. Like, mm-hmm. you can—people have won pools running two goalies from the same team. Like, it has happened in this pool. Like, I I was only—I only had Varley and Sorokin for, like, two or three months, and I was climbing the standings. Like, you—the peripherals matter so much more in goaltending than the actual wins. Because if you can get one shutout and you're winning save percentage and goals against, the wins is fucking irrelevant because you're winning three to one in goalie categories. Then
1: man, I found the trade that made you the most mad.
0: I just, I was, I was super, I was first of all, I was completely flummoxed why it would be vetoed. Like that made no sense to me. But this is you're you're selling a player low, you're buying high on a shitty like this is pan this is panic buying, this is the absolute definition of a gm panic buying at the deadline trying to fix a problem he doesn't have
1: no he maybe saw value in getting the starts and edmonton is going to win more than they're going to lose but edmonton is still playing like this this shitty game of are we a playoff team or are we a bubble team we can't really decide what we are so we're going to lose in overtime a lot
0: yeah but when they win they don't even win like they they win like I said, but like his for his two last two well last three wins, he had one with the save percentage over nine, and that was over fucking Detroit. They got yeah. like he allowed three goals to Chicago with an 8.93, three goals to fucking Ottawa with an 8.97, and then four to Detroit, four to the Rangers, six to Colorado. Like even if you get the wins, he's tanking your other two categories and not getting you shutouts. So I don't see the value in it. At all, and Stuart Skinner, if he has three straight losses, like Stuart Skinner's gonna get a little run here, and you're just gonna have a guy fucking sitting on your bench doing nothing.
1: The problem with Skinner right now, unfortunately, is since he left the team for personal issues, he has not gotten like the opportunity to fully have the net again.
0: Well, if Campbell let in fucking let's see, eight, 16. Well, eight and six, so he's let in 14 goals in the last three games. Like, I feel like Skinner's – and it's Philly, Pittsburgh, and Columbus coming next for them.
1: Skinner has two games in his last – or what is it? Three games in his last three weeks or yeah. two weeks? Yeah. And they're all losses, seven goals against. 3.38. But, like, what do you expect? Like, he's clearly mentally struggling right now, and it has nothing to do with, like – his ability to goaltend he, he left the team for personal issues right so
0: i don't i to me personally that team was a mess and they fixed a problem with something that doesn't like they made that big jack campbell signing when i personally didn't see that they should have signed. like they should have traded for fucking veg Melker or something like they should have actually used fucking advanced stats which i don't know if ken holland even cares about and look at like what goalie can have the best save percentage based on how many sh- like the highest volume of shots and a good save percentage. Like what Vej Malka is doing right now with Arizona to me personally, I'm Edmonton. I'm like, can you please take this Jack Campbell contract and we will give you whatever you want for Veg Malka.
1: I don't disagree.
0: Like you need to win like this team needs to win and they cannot win with that goaltending and they definitely can't win with that fucking horrible defense that they have built there they're finally getting depth scoring from some of their like bottom six. And now they're like their defense and goaltending is going to fall apart on them. Like, I don't know. Like I, I would really love for McDavid to just be like, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Trade me, please.
1: Go like where, the NHL
0: use that so hard right now. You have no idea. Um. Uh, all right. Okay, you so ready? Well, you ready? This is a good transition. Speaking of McDavid, uh, you tee this one up so I don't start screaming right away.
1: Alright, so McDavid, the one player in fantasy who should never be traded. McDavid got traded. Here's what left with McDavid. Anthony Sorelli, Steve uh Stefan Noson. There's a Stephen Noson. Stephen uh Stefan Noson, Seth Jones, Connor McDavid, uh Puzz Colson, because I'm not gonna try to do his whole name, and Askarov in a seventh. Four. Jack Eichel, Alex Ovechkin, Andre Kuzmenko, Thomas Shabbat finally got dealt, Chris Kreider, who was just acquired, Artemi Panarin, and Andre Vasilevsky in and a fifth. I was made aware of this deal maybe 48 hours before it happened. Maybe a little bit less. And I told Ogre to get a first out of him. And he's like, why? I'm like, Because you're dealing with David. There's no other reason than that. Straight up. Ogre is primed now to go on like an insane playoff run with his team. Except he's on the outside right now looking in.
0: Yeah, because he tied me last week. And I haven't made any trades this year. And he just dealt the best player in hockey and still couldn't beat me.
1: <laughs> so, so here's my two things I would ask. A, how often did wheel just bug him being like deal mcdavid deal mcdavid deal mcdavid deal mcdavid and did it work and b why did you have to give up so many other pieces
0: well i think a lot a lot of it is just like i'm giving you this many players so you just have to send that many back so i'm not dropping all these guys
1: no too bad too bad like to me if I'm looking at this deal as a whole, the two players we all wanted the most were McDavid and Askarov. That's very clear. Sorelli, fart. Nosen, I honestly can't believe he's like a a good player now. He was a throw-in in a Leaf deal last year. Seth Jones, I mean, sure, but like he he's got average stats for a defenseman especially when you're playing on Chicago's black hole of a defense line. Um, Literally, they just traded Vancouver wingers for no reason. He's dropped
0: Buzz Colson already, too.
1: Yeah. like It's very hard to say that the team that got all the assets for McDavid didn't win the deal. But... It's very evident. Dawson wins. He got McDavid. It doesn't matter. He won. And he didn't give up any, I mean any of that draft capital he picked up. And he got a young keeper goalie that might hit like Spencer Knight where he just kind of, like when I traded for Knight, I traded like I think a fourth for him. And he didn't play for that whole year and he just sat on my bench. And that was fine. But like this deal was won solely because he didn't have to give up any of that draft capital.
0: I mean... He can't, this...
1: he can't keep all his players. Like, have you seen how good Ogre's team was with McDavid on it? He can't keep all these players. He's going to keep Panarin, Vasilevsky, Kreider. So he's keeping players into their their 30s. Now, you're going to keep Ovechkin because you wouldn't not. Guzmanko's not keepable.
0: Eichel... Nope. You have to keep him. You, yeah, he's like the key to. of the whole deal.
1: So you picked up one, two, three, four, five keepers. Are you keeping Shabbat? No. Let me uh, let me look at Ogre here. Just uh, just because I I, know... just,
0: I don't see a single player that he got back that I would be like, oh, that's the guy I would target for McDavid.
1: No, and he's got like J T. Miller. He's got Timo Meyer. He's got Kucherov on his team.
0: He's got a good team, but he didn't... Like, Conor McDavid is still so young, you just keep adding keepers to him. You don't... Tr- like, trade your first, then, for a keeper. You don't trade fucking McDavid. This is just unhinged. This is on. Un- I hope he misses the fucking playoffs, to be honest. I hope he misses the playoffs and doesn't make them next year, either. I, don't like, know, his I hope teams this just end. ruins his team. <laughs> I... <laughs> This is I one laughed. of the dumbest trades fantasy I have might have ever seen in my life.
1: And, like, when I dealt him Kucherov last year, I dealt him Kucherov because I knew I was getting a first, a second. I got Barkov, I got Kadri, and I got something else. That was, like, a two-for-one with a bunch of picks.
0: And now you, so take all the, like, everything you got from those players that you've now dealt that you got from him and think of all the assets that you got for for Kucherov, who isn't even, I would say, even, even in the realm of McDavid anymore. Yeah, it's, um. Like, how do you not know you're dealing McDavid and not ask me for Matthews? How the fuck is that possible? How? Would you Would you have taken that deal? I would have fucking thought long and hard about it like I, I like if you're asking me I would have probably given him Matthews and Anderson for McDavid.
1: There are four teams that really could have actually attempted to get McDavid at the level in
0: which he is. Like I would have went to Bob and said, "Here's McDavid, I want Drysdale and Jack Hughes."
1: And he would have been like, "I'll give you Actually, he might have taken that.
0: I, or I would have been like, I want Hughes and Kachuk or like, I, to me, I'm like, if I'm stupid enough to deal McDavid, I am not doing it for a package of fucking olds. like the classic Dawson package. That is the most classic Dawson package return I've ever seen. Here's a bunch of guys over the age of 28. Like, here's just some guys that at one point were good. Like there isn't of everybody that he got for McDavid. Is there one player there that you see on that list that will have a career year still? That will break a career, like will set a career high for the rest of their career? Eichel, maybe. Like maybe Eichel, but like Ovi's I, not breaking 100 points again. Panarin, Panarin is probably Panarin, not you know. going to break whatever he broke in. Like he had over 100 points one year, but I don't see that happening again. Vasilevsky's fine, but like I don't see him tilting the balance here as far as I'm concerned.
1: I don't know. I'm just looking at his team. Uh, Kucherov is having a better season than we both thought.
0: He's fine. Like, he's probably going to break 100 points this year. But I, I, I just, I don't, there's nothing in that return that I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Even Vasilevsky. I know he's like one of the best fantasy goalies around. But he didn't win last week. He had Vasilevsky. Like, I just, I don't know, man. I don't know, man. Like, once again, like, you Vejmelka, who you could have got on waivers he probably would have brought you just as much value wise and you wouldn't have had to deal mcdavid
1: he he made his decision he wanted to he wanted to deal he wanted to make a splash
0: Ah, oh, this is crazy yeah it's like it's crazy it's still it, like it's,
1: it's like scarlet fever right like you get stagnant you want to make a change your team's not winning he won the don't... pool he finished first
0: overall last year what the fuck is he doing Like, Ogre won the pool, like, the regular season, and and then he had a shitty playoff. Like, it happens. He just didn't have a great playoff week. Like, why the fuck are you totally retooling after that? It was insane that he even got to come into this league with a team that had McDavid on it.
1: Yeah, I'm still really upset with how that went down.
0: Like, that's crazy. And then he fucking deals them for nothing, as far as I'm concerned. Like, what, two more 30-goal seasons from Ovechkin? An Eichel who I don't even know, like, apparently can't play without Mark Stone. Like, that's not helpful.
1: Chris Kreider's on his way to another 30 to 40 goal Sure, but
0: season. he had 50 goals last year. Yeah, so did Matthew. Like, so he's never breaking that again. Okay, so let's go through the list. Like, Jack Eichel, okay, let's say maybe he might set a new career high at some point. Ovechkin no, he's had 39
1: won't. points right now, so whatever.
0: Yeah, Ovechkin definitely is not. Manko is like, whatever. He's not even, we're not even talking about him. Okay, Shabbat could technically set a career high at some point, but probably not on this team, So he's probably not going to keep him. Kreider's definitely never scoring 50 goals again. And like Panarin, he might break 100 points this year, but McDavid breaks 100 points every fucking year.
1: Panarin is uh, only at 65 points right now,
0: so he's probably gonna hit 80 to 90 because he's gonna—he's like been insane since Tank got there. Well,
1: like we can hope.
0: But I don't, whatever. Like, it's whatever. Like, I wasn't mad. If, I was more mad that McDavid got traded for not value. That's what I thought. But I wasn't going to, like, veto the trade or anything.
1: Players that you could possibly deal McDavid for. It's a very short list. Drysaddle, Matthews, Marner. Like, Hughes, you'd obviously Hughes. need other things as well. Um, McKinnon.
0: Hughes, McCarr.
1: Yeah, Hughes, McCarr.
0: I don't even know if I do Randon. Like it'd have to be Randon plus.
1: Oh, there the only there's no straight up. McKinnon or Matthews are the closest.
0: I don't yeah. And
1: Matthews is having a terrible season by Matthews his standards. is
0: gonna have 40 goals this year, and everybody's gonna be like, he had a shitty year.
1: <laughs> well, he's but. he's racking up the assists, so I'll give him that
0: he's definitely going to put up a career high in assist this season. So if he's kind of rounding out his game more and then next year, he's going to go off for like 140 points or something like I, to me personally, the further the Leafs go in the playoffs this year, the hot, the better the Leafs are going to be fantasy wise next year. Cause like you can tell the team is really like nailing it down as far as playing defensively. And, Try not to necessarily go for it all the time and picking their spots. So I think that's that's creating a lot as far as like stifling the offense slightly, though they're still going off.
1: Well, to speed it up a little bit because I know we have like another topic to hit and still don't have infinite time. Um, Winged wheel wins that deal.
0: He got Uh, McDavid. He wins. That's Anybody stupid. who trades for McDavid wins, regardless of who. Like, even if Matthews was in that deal, I'm still like, well, the guy who got McDavid won. <laughs> yeah,
1: but again, that would depend. Like, then if it was a Matthews-McDavid swap, you'd be looking at the capital and what, like, tertiary like, pieces were there.
0: If you got Matthews, Panarin, and Vasilevsky and traded away McDavid, then at least I could see that as reasonable.
1: Fair. Um. Finally, speaking of the Maple Leafs, we have Ryan O'Reilly in a sixth going to the Ultimate Warriors for Pierre Ingval in a fourth.
0: Your favorite player on the Leafs, I think. Or your second favorite player on the Leafs, right? Or no, after he... Justin Hole.
1: Oh, fuck. Yeah, both of these two are just <laughs> a nightmare.
0: And only... I'm going to buy you an Angval jersey one year, and then one year I'll buy you a <laughs> Hull jersey just so you have something nice to wear.
1: Please don't. Just
0: like uh, nice, pure Angval uh, jersey.
1: <laughs> return to center. Um, I mean, this is some tidy work going from, like knowing that Ryan O'Reilly just got dealt the Leafs. I would have waited a week I would have seen him like either play or not play see how he does and then probably boost it a little bit more value which is likely what Dawson's going to do Dawson's going to turn around and he's going to sell Ryan O'Reilly for like a second or a first
0: to me the bigger value here is if they play him on the wing and he gets wing eligibility but it doesn't look like they're going to do that so I don't I think this is a good pull for the Warriors to get literally anything for O'Reilly
1: yeah I just I, I was hoping that he could get like a third or something. I was in on O'Reilly for like five minutes. I offered middle stat for him straight. I wasn't willing to play with pigs.
0: Uh, okay, well, since uh, that'll be the end of our fantasy talk for for this episode, even though it went um an hour essentially. <laughs> Worth it. Uh, we'll move on and do a little a few because obviously we have a leaf trade that we're gonna want to talk about as Leaf fans. Um, I think unless you desperately want to talk about them, we'll skip the two recent signings and I'll just discuss them on next week's pod because they're not really that relevant. But I think before we end this week, we have to talk about the Ryan O'Reilly trade. Yes, Um, absolutely. And I want so I will just go over it here and then I'll love your initial thoughts. So the Wild retained uh, 50 percent of 50 percent. So they got a fourth round pick for that. The Blues got Adam Gaudet, Mikhail Abramov, a first, a third, and a second. And the Leafs got Ryan O'Reilly, Noel Achari, and uh, Josh Pilar, who is just like a contract exchange, essentially. And Ryan O'Reilly was 50% retained by the St. Louis Blues.
1: Um, Pilar isn't even a contract exchange. He's not signed. He's an overager in the WHL, but he's playing with some prospects that the Leafs have, so they wanted to look at him. Uh, But he's a non-side prospect.
0: There we go. So not even a contract on.
1: Yeah. So So what do you think? I think, A, Dubas uh, played everybody a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. B, I think there's already a handshake agreement on an extension for O'Reilly. Because if you're Dubas, you can't you can't try and save your job and also, which I also believe he has a contract extension already ready for himself. If you're Dubis, you can't turn around and say, I'm not paying for rentals and then give up a first, a second, a third and a fourth for rentals. Um, with that being said though, tidy, tidy work. No, or nothing off the main roster. Um, intangibles to the the money aside with matt murray going on ltir there's still like they still have four and a half million dollars to play with and as, i'd assume an Engval, a hall a sun uh, a sunday a sandine something something kerfoot. else has gotta give a kerfoot i think they're gonna hold on to kerfoot until they can't he is like <laughs> sheldon Keefe's favorite toy
0: He's versatile, but like 3.5 for what that team is. Like uh, he's a free agent after this year. So you're only moving him as a cat, like because you need to move money, you're not going to get value for him. Like I would rather ride him out as a free agent. They're obviously not going to re-sign him um, based on his current cap hit, but I'm fine with them keeping him. But I just think if they want to make a major deal, like you said, those two guys or Kerfoot has to be going the other way.
1: Yeah. The um at the end of the day, I think this is a huge win for Toronto. I think it's great for the culture in the locker room, especially the fact that they were adamant to play after playing the night before, and they just played three games in a row.
0: And like, I, I think don't sleep on Achari here either. He's already looked really good in that bottom six.
1: Oh, I think Nola Nolachari redefines your top six. And, I mean, I think Steve Dangle said it, but maybe the left winger for John Tavares was John Tavares.
0: I've and been... Sorry to interrupt, but I've been talking to, like, Tyler about this for probably a couple years now where I'm like, I honestly don't know if the Leafs will take off in the playoffs until they find a center and then Tavares shifts to the win.
1: Yeah, but I will say I don't like – so, okay, so top six-wise, I would now take the opportunity to flip Matthews and – or uh, Marner and Nylander and work it again. Um, I know that that's Keith's ultimate play um, when he wants to make a super line anyways, because Matthews and Marner just make magic that not a lot of players can do. But now is your time to just do it. And here is my biggest reason why. You need Nylander to get used to O'Reilly and, ba- and vice versa. You don't need it the other way around. Matthews can play with anybody and be good. Marner can play with anybody and be good. Tavares can play with anybody and be good. That We've we've learned that. We've seen this. you got to get... O'Reilly and Nylander to play the next 15 games together that's like a non-negotiable for me you have to know that you can mix up the top six as well as you can mix up the bottom six what?
0: I I honestly think Keith is just going to go Blender City for the rest of the year now Like yeah, it's but like, just going to be every combination and see who sticks with what and get everybody familiar with what but I don't know if he'll literally like sit on anything for more than three or four games
1: alright so then point number two would be also build a line around O'Reilly that is different. Build a third line that's different. You, you know they're going to probably go out and get another like fluff piece. Maybe maybe flip an Engvall for like Adomi as an example. Money doesn't really add up there, but you know what I'm saying. Um, get somebody with a little bit more body and a little less – I can just skate in circles, but I don't really know what to do with myself. I think we we're done with seeing the Wayne train on the roster. We're done with seeing, like, we need somebody with that kind of snarl, but like, where where are we gonna find that now? And like, he's just so washed. He's done. It's so sad, but like, it's over. We're not gonna see Holmberg for the rest of the season unless somebody gets hurt. David Camp, the the Camp Yankroc uh croak experiment hasn't really worked either. So, like, it's it's all over the place. Like, I still think the bottom six needs one more piece of identity. I saw people were, like, complaining that Zach aston reese has, like, seven points in 52 games. But he's also, like, one of their best five-on-five goals and games players. So, like, I don't know.
0: You're – hap- like – they haven't lost playoff series because their bottom six hasn't scored. They've lost playoff series because their top six gets shut down. And I think with O'Reilly there now, that allows you to like start double-shifting guys into the lower lineup to get them extra. Like O'Reilly can suddenly take like a defensive zone shift with your third line out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. To win that draw. And now he's getting more minutes on the ice and now he's helping with that line. Like to me, that's where I think Keith is so happy is like Achari can play center now. Yarncrook, if they need to, can play. You're not going to get to a situation in the playoffs now where one or two guys go down and now you're suddenly throwing <laughs> Kerfoot or Nylander in the middle, right? So, which, which is what you want.
1: I think it was, I w- might have been Justin Bourne who said it. So credit where credit's due. But the Maple Leafs have never had five top three centers. On their roster at the same time No Say Saying Nolachari can play third line center He was doing it in Florida Why can't he do it here?
0: That's like, That's what I think the ideal is Is they have multiple guys who can shift to center And actually play the position Like you're not forcing Willie in there And being like figure it out in the playoffs Which he had to do one year Which like is not great
1: Yeah so then Do you think that it was an overpayment? Right payment? What do you think?
0: I mean, the only players that I knew were available that I wanted the Leafs to be in on were Meyer or O'Reilly, and I knew that they wouldn't be like the assets that they would have to give up for Meyer were going to be way too high. The fact that they were able to pull also a Chari in this trade, I think, like you said, I think Ryan O'Reilly is 100% signing an extension in Toronto, and I don't think it's going to be this crazy break the bank deal or anything. Like I think it might be like a five-year deal at four million or something like that. Like he's taking a pay cut if he wants to stay, because I'm, I think it's pretty clear that the like Leafs can't afford to pay him too much. Um, but with the cap going up, some guys getting off the roster, I mean, eventually JT is going to be taking a discount from what he's making right now. If they actually do resign him, this is a home run of a, of a trade. But once again, if they lose in the first round, then it doesn't fucking matter and it was a shitty trade, right?
1: Yeah, if they lose in the first round, I think you're going to see no more. You know, your favorite player will be gone, but they they might also move on from either a Nylander or a, Matthew, or a Marner or a Matthews.
0: They're 100% somebody's getting traded this offseason that matters if they don't at least win a round or two. Like, yeah. that's going to happen. And Dubis, like, I think I agree. Like, I think Dubis probably does have an extension, but if they lose out in the first round again, I think even him, I think even he would be like, yeah, I get why you don't want me back. Like, I'll just, but, but I don't want to lose him. Like, that would suck. I would be so mad if he fucking not goes something else. Like, Man, would-
1: lo- what, looking at this team, right? And what he's done you can't blame him for what happens going forward you you could blame him if he doesn't fill the one other problem of this this team but like they added ryan o'reilly and nola chari to a team that didn't lose a single roster player now for for people who are like oh the leafs in the first round because that's all that people posted underneath it great good you've you've worked on your material for years congratulations but what people are failing to realize here is he didn't touch the active roster. He took the between second and fifth place team because all the points are that close in the NHL. He took that team and added two bona fide players to it. He he added um, a former Bruin and a person who beat a Bruin or yeah. beat the Bruins in game seven. He, this is a masterpiece of a deal.
0: No I... I mean, I have no, yeah, I don't know. I loved it when I heard about it. I'm happy they got him. All those people that are like, well, he sucks this year. Like, he literally needs to be like their sixth best player. And I'm pretty sure even him this year is probably like can be the least sixth best player. Like, he doesn't have to be better than Nylander, Matthews, Marner, Tavares, Morgan Riley. If you want to lump the defenseman in, like, he doesn't have to be better. If he's better than any of those guys, that's a huge bonus. But that's not what they need him to do. They need him to, like, be what he is essentially like shut down defensively, win faceoffs, And if he can bring that to the table, then that's perfect. Speaking
1: of Morgan Riley before this trade fully went down, I was on a, I was in a, a discord chat and I was banging the drum of instead of trying to upgrade your left wing, why don't you try and upgrade your defense and move Morgan Riley to the wing, specifically <laughs> the left wing. Just like Brent Burns, just like Dustin Bufflin, if you have somebody that offensively gifted who can back check, how's that a loss?
0: It's it's been discussed um randomly for I don't know, different times that like they should move Riley to the wing, but like at this point, like there was even talk at one point of moving Marner back to defense to make up for that issue. And I was just like, oh, I just let's just not. Like, what if we just don't? What if we just let people play the positions they want to play and we leave it at that?
1: So, you're dubious, right? right? What, what's next? Because we obviously know there is a ton of controversy going on right now with this team and his defense. The defense isn't good enough. That that was very evident last night in Chicago. Um, especially one polarizing player in Justin Hall. Now, do I think Connor Timmons is ready for a playoff debut? Maybe not. And that's fine. But I look at this team and I go, is Jordy Ben or Victor Mete going to be the guy to help us get through if Justin Hall is playing like a piece of ass? The answer is no.
0: I The good thing about the other, I guess, benefit of the O'Reilly deal is he didn't really use all his bullets. I mean, he just traded picks um, and not necessarily any useful, like, Mikhail Abramov might never come back again. Like, he came over at one point and it didn't go well and he went back to the KHL. Like, to me, he's just a guy. Um, he's might not even play here again. So, you know, you still have your Nyes, you still have your toppy Nimala, you still have a bunch of, like, Ronnie Hirovin. Like, they have all their prospects, essentially. um, And they have, you could say, Rasmus Sandin um, as some sort of capital to trade back. And I think there's value in him. Like he's a former first round pick and he's, he's fine. Like he's, there's some upside there still with him. So like I said before, like to me, the, the package for Chikorin, if you're making one is a first Sandine and one of Nimala or Nyes, and to me personally, I know everybody's hot and bothered about Nyes, but if we can move him for something that's going to be like, especially like something with term, like Chikrin's got like what, three years left or whatever at 4 million. Yeah. Like it's, it'd be hard to turn that down. And I mean, if they get him, then that's like, I'd rather hundred percent rather give up a little more to get Chikrin than to give up anything to get fucking Gavrikov.
1: I think, I think you're right. I think the, Mm -hmm the player to go off this roster is going to be Rasmus Sandin. I think Dubas felt like Sandin kind of fucked around in the summer, and he did the exact same thing Nylander did. The only thing is Nylander's outplayed his contract every single time. Sandin is not outplaying his contract. Timothy Lilligren is outplaying his contract. He is doing exactly what he's supposed to, and he'll get a nice raise in two years. Yeah. We have too many left D. And obviously you're going to make a trade for, if you're going for Chikorin, you're going for a left defenseman anyways. But I think Sandin's tired on the organization. The organization's tired on Sandin. And it, it has nothing to do with the fact that he doesn't have the talent because he does have the talent. And he is he's leading the team in hits. That's great. But like he's becoming the whipping boy because Keith loves Hole so, so much. It sucks, but w- what other defenseman is out there that you're going to get? Maybe a Carson Susie, but that's like $4 million, right?
0: Yeah, and, like, obviously that's not the pedigree that... I mean, that would be, like, my secondary option would be, like, a Carson Susie or something like that. Um, but to me, like, you'd see what you can get for Chikorin, but, I mean, it looks like Arizona wants the world for him. So, and, I mean, they have every right to.
1: I mean, if... If I were Toronto, I'd be like, look, obviously you didn't get that at, you didn't get Brad Clark out of Los Angeles. And that's really sad for you. And I'm sorry. But how would you like Logan Cooley's line mate and the guy who rides shotgun with him? Let's start there. You want to start with Matthew Nyes and Rasmus Sandin? Okay, great. Now we're going to have to do a little bit more with the money. So here's Pierre Ingval as well. There you go. Solved a problem.
0: Yeah, that's, I mean, that would, uh, Engval, uh, Sandin, Nyes in a first or something like that for Chikrin. Like, I don't know why Arizona wouldn't do that. Like, I don't know what their options are on the board right now, but I'm sure they're, like, if, if LA is saying no to Brant Clark or Quentin Byfield, then how many, like, Nyes is obviously the least top prospect. Now, he wouldn't be a top prospect in Arizona, but the fact that he does play with Cooley probably does help. Um, if I'm using the quote unquote Matthew Nyes bullet, I'm using it to get chicken.
1: Yeah, like there's there's you're not using Nyes unless you can absolutely get somebody with um term. Now, with that being said, I'll admit watching over the league the way I, I am and kind of seeing what Boston and Tampa Bay is up to. If I were Toronto, I'd be calling about players that we're not talking about. Like Mackenzie Weiger.
0: Yeah, that would be a nice pull, um, yeah. but you gotta see, you gotta see what's out there. And I mean, maybe they will. Like, maybe a team will fall out. Like, the other guy I'm hearing now out there is another guy I would really, really like to get my hands on. Is apparently the contract talks between Dmitry Orlov and the Capitals are not going well, and he's probably going to seek free agency. And I mean, if they keep falling out of the playoff race, I would be all over that guy.
1: Yeah. Also, Mackenzie Weger, bad, bad call. Six point two five for the next eight years. I I didn't realize he got an extension.
0: Oh, yeah, he got one. I'd still do it.
1: Like, can you get can you possibly get Anaheim to broker something with nobody's uh,
0: eating money for eight years? Nobody. You got to take that. Not
1: not and not for that player. Like, what about like a Shattenkirk?
0: I don't think it's worth it. Like, I don't see him as a big enough upgrade over somebody like Justin Hall, to be honest.
1: I would take his experience. Like, the player I'd really want, unfortunately, has, like, five years left on his deal in Ryan McDonough.
0: Oh, yeah, you're not doing that. I wouldn't want that.
1: No, I would want it for, like, the the insight.
0: I, I guess, but you're just going to end up, like, eating three years of that. Like, you're going to get one decent year out of them, and then you're going to have to eat a bunch of years, and you can't afford Like, you need to keep the books open as much as possible for when your your guys are UFAs. Like, that Duvis has done such a good job of not... Having long term money on the books right now, that that that's what I want him to keep. Like I want when Matthews is a UFA, like I want them to be able to pay him whatever he wants. Like that's right. kind of what I want.
1: Because I know we got to wrap. I'll ask you, and then I'll give you my wild card player. So who is your wild card player that you'd love to see wear the blue and white in two weeks?
0: Mm, well, they so got like O'Reilly. It
1: has to be it has to be realistic in in any sort of trade avenue.
0: I mean, honestly, like Chikrin or Orloff would be really nice. No, I don't yeah. see, I don't personally see a need to trade for a goalie. And I don't think it's a good idea to trade for a goalie that you're going to be like, oh, we need to rely on this guy for the playoffs because that doesn't usually work out.
1: I, I'd agree. Um, my my off the board pick, and I have a sneaky suspicion it's being talked about, is Matt Dumba.
0: Oh, that's been rumored for so many years now, especially Minnesota has been rumored for like if Minnesota's in the playoff race, I bet you they just hold on to them and just but aren't let them like, walk
1: on the outside looking in right now,
0: right now. But like their offense has been whore awful right now. And if it can turn around like I, the, the West is so wide open right now that if I'm a Western team, I'm even trying to make the playoffs and hoping to see what happens. Because to me, as far there's no there's no juggernauts in the West right now. Everybody's got hugely flawed teams like L.A. doesn't have goaltending. Edmonton doesn't have goaltending or defense. Colorado's hurt crazily right now, and I don't even know if I like their goaltending. Like if you're a Western team, you're trying to get in the playoffs right now because anything can happen.
1: I'm just saying uh, if you can get Minnesota to retain on that player as well. $3 million for a playoff run, and it's not going to like because it's uh, like with cap compliancy and all that stuff, it's going to be only like 1.25 million for the end of the year. I don't think that's too, too bad.
0: No, it's not awful. Um, and he's like not. a
1: solid proven right side D man versus Justin Hall, who is a penalty kill specialist.
0: Well, the good thing is, like I said, they haven't shot all their bullets. So if Dubas wants to make another move, even a big move, like he still has the ability to do that, thankfully. Well, Absolutely. All right, Sean, uh, I think we should wrap it up there. This is probably one of the longer pods I've ever done for this this series that wasn't like a game show episode. So I appreciate you giving all your time this week. And to everyone else, we will talk to you next week. Looking forward to it.